Welcome to episode 151 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podca- podcast from affable idiots. I almost made it through Pancast. that sentence. Pancast. From like affable idiots. What the fuck does that mean? You'll find out in a moment. I'm Chad Michael Innes. <laughs> we've got Holden DePardo. Hello. And we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now, our lifelong friends. Welcome. Every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service or put us in your eyes by searching for Respawn Aim Fire on YouTube. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We officially have gone video. And if you are watching us right now, you're not, first of all. Well, you could be if you just stumbled across our Twitch channel because we are Twitch streaming live. But if you're watching us right now, it is a Mario Day, Tuesday, March 3rd. No, Tuesday, March 10th, mar one zero. Mario. Yes. Uh, we are wearing Mario hats on our little Twitch stream and a Luigi hat on my head on a little Twitch stream. You got little Mario and it's cute and it's great. So uh, if you're listening to us, shut up and go to YouTube and watch us instead. <laughs> so we have gone to the third dimension with 2D video. And if you want to add a fourth dimension of time, you can do that by watching us record it live on twitch.tv slash affable idiots every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, like we're doing right now. We are about right 20 minutes late now. right now. But we that's going to be we'll the norm. That out. So maybe maybe we'll decide we're going to just like start getting up earlier in the day so that we can get 20 minutes earlier at night. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, Today's episode is brought to you by Affable Idiots, which we'll talk to you a little bit later about in the episode. And that's it for the housekeeping. Let's get started. Episode 151 with a brand new segment recurring each week called Game Court, Attorney-Based Strategy for Determining Game Character Guilt. This is a brand new segment we came up with about an hour ago. (laughs) Uh, Every week, we put your favorite video game characters and villains on trial for the heinous crimes they've committed. Holden and I will argue for or against the defendant, and it's up to you to decide on Twitter in the following days the fate of said character. This week... Our defendant is none other than Mario himself. (gasps) Sorry, Mario Mario himself. If you've seen the live-action Mario, you know his name is Mario Mario. (laughs) So in honor of Mario Day... (laughs) It's a lazy writing thing. (laughs) What's his name? I don't know. Uh, Same as his first. (laughs) Moving on. So today, our first piece of evidence, our, 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 uh, our... our crime that we are judging Mario for, I shall submit here to the court thusly. If you're an audio listener, we have video evidence of Mario dropping a baby penguin off of a cliff in Super Mario 64. Look at that, just over and over, that baby penguin dropping to its death. I will run the prosecution. Holden will be the defending attorney, the defense attorney, the DA for Mario Mario. Um, I don't know how a courtroom works, but Holden, which one of us makes our opening statement first? <laughs> Prosecution goes first. Prosecution goes first. Your Honor, the jury of raff listeners, affable idiot lifelong friends, <clears throat> today we are here to put on trial a madman, a man who loves to see others disgusted, who loves to see their pain, who loves to see them writhe in agony. And he loves to fuck with him, Charles Manson style. For no reason whatsoever, we see this man drop this penguin off the cliff. 
but it's not just a senseless act of murder. That just happened to be there. This was premeditated. This is first degree murder. And in the coming minutes, I will prove that to you. The prosecution opening remarks are finished. We rest. No more further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> so, in defense of, of Mario, I'd like to present a piece of evidence to the court here to show that this is a misunderstanding. You see, wait, that wait, wait, penguin, wait, 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 wait. There was a misunderstanding. You can't show us. You got to do your, your, your opening remarks before you can start showing okay. evidence. There has been a misunderstanding. Okay. The clip in question does not show the full context of what happened. I have evidence that shows that Mario is only protecting that poor penguin from its psychotic mother who loses their children her children all over the mountain and when Mario simply went in to give a hug when saying goodbye after returning this penguin she went crazy and started to chase after them and Mario felt the only way to save this penguin was to cast it off the side of the mountain which is a fall he felt he could make himself he was simply saving the penguin. He has a reputation for being a hero. Ask Princess Peach and the Mushroom Kingdom the countless times he has saved them. And ask the mother herself, who Mario has saved her children countless times because Objection, of her neglect as a parent. Overruled! Fine. Continue. <laughs> Beyond that, these charges cannot possibly be homicide and murder. That is preposterous. If... At the very least, it is animal cruelty. At the, very, the most, it's animal cruelty, which is a, simply a misdemeanor offense. But there are no charges even to be made here at all because it was just Mario um, protecting the penguin from its psychotic mother. Would you like to now present your piece of evidence? Yes. I have evidence of Mario bringing the penguin to the mother, the mother acknowledging that she lost her baby, and then when Mario goes in for a hug, you can see the anger in her eyes as she starts to chase the penguin around. So for those of you listening, yes, we do see Mario brings the penguin to the mother. The mother thanks Mario, even rewards him for his trouble with a star. Mario continues to bring the penguin while the mother chases not far behind. All right. Anything further to present? That is all I have for, uh, for right now. Your Honor, the prosecution would like to speak. <clears throat> the defense would have you believe that our penguin is an unfit mother. He claims Mario's had to save this penguin countless times from across the land. That it, by dropping it off this cliff, it's simply saving it from what it might be otherwise experiencing in its home. I want to uh, present you with two pieces of evidence. One, this screenshot. <laughs> this screenshot of the penguin saying, of the penguin exclaiming, rather, you found, sorry, it's so small I can't read it. Let me bring it up bigger. Said, you found my precious, precious baby. Two preciouses. Where have you been? How can I ever thank you, Mario? Two preciouses this thing gave about its baby. It obviously cares. I'd like to submit two more pieces of evidence. Will the judge please represent that same video that the defense used previously? <laughs> <laughs> Here, yes, you do see Mario returning the penguin, but what you don't see 
is that Mario never, in fact, hands the penguin off. He teases this mother penguin, and he says, hey, I got your baby penguin. Fuck you. I'm taking it and running with it. And just before this video feed from the nearby gas station cuts out, we can only assume he walks to the edge of that cliff and drops that baby right in front of the mother's face. As I mentioned, Your Honor, he is a madman. He is a sick man, Charlie Manson style, torturing his victims before he finally does commit murder. I have one more piece of evidence, and that is this very, very sad face of the mother penguin. Distraught by the death of her child, knowing that it shall never again breathe, she'll never again slide down its favorite slide. She was breeding a champion to one day battle Mario on the slopes. That is all I have, Your Honor. The prosecution rests. And I have no closing I think, statement. <laughs> I think it is quite clear that the prosecution has absolutely nothing to base these claims off of whatsoever. Starting with just the video that the defense presented initially of where the pr- prosecution tried to claim that Mario never even gave the penguin to the mother. That he simply showed it, it teased it, and then walked around. But if you watch the video, just before the mother presents the star, which I will return to in a moment, he drops the penguin in front, and then after the star is dropped, Mario goes back to pick the penguin up again to give it a hug as he's leaving. And that is when the mother... Objection, Your Honor! Who hugs from behind? Overruled! <laughs> Fuck you! You're out of order! I hold myself in contempt! Prosecution Thank rests. you for whoever helped out in that objection there. <laughs> so... The penguin was absolutely given to the mother. There is no evidence whatsoever that he was teasing. That is a misreading of the evidence, absolutely. Beyond that, though, the reward that Mario received is nothing more than gaslighting to make Mario feel like he is, in fact, a a villain, when really the villain is the angry-eyed mother chasing her child around, as seen in the video evidence. Outside of this, the last piece of evidence presented by the prosecution was the photo of a sad mother. Sad for what reason, we'll never know. Inside the mind of a psychotic, dare I say, neglectful mother. Yes, I dare say it. Neglectful mother. Your Honor, does murder justify... Objection, I've already said it's not murder, it's animal cruelty. Does animal cruelty justify what the defense might claim as saving this child? Is it worth the trade-off, dropping it off of this cliff, Milo and Otis style? That is up to the jury to decide. Go to twitter.com slash respawnaimfire and vote this week whether Mario is guilty of first-degree murder, guilty of animal cruelty, or innocent on all counts. That's it for Game Court. Attorney strategy based attorney based strategy for determining game character guilt. Uh, we're gonna take those penguins off the screen now and uh, go into our regular episode. So uh, let's jump into playtime where we talk about what we played each week. And um, I'm gonna start with me. Hi, me. Oh my god, thank you for choosing me. You're so welcome. 
Uh, I wrapped up, we talked about last week, I wrapped up Plague Tale Innocence. I finally played through the last half of that game, and that game is a treasure. It is a treasure. Um, it's like the never-ending story in that it's good. Nothing else related to the never-ending story. But uh, <laughs> it's very, very good. It is a gruesome, gruesome look at like surviving the plague and uh, everything that that family had to go to in order to do that and like walking over dead bodies and like we talked about earlier like the the guilt that you feel from having to murder to get further and protect yourself and your brother and it is a wonderful story wonderfully told excellent cast of characters and uh i like the gameplay of it because it's not something that requires almost any skill at all but it's something that is still enjoyable to do for 10 hours um i really like the end of the end boss battle as well highly recommend it if you missed if you missed it last year, like a lot of us did, it was nominated for a lot of Game Awards. And I was like, oh, that kind of looks interesting. And now it's on Game Pass. So definitely pick it up. It's also worth paying for if you're the kind of person that has money and doesn't have Game Pass. So yes, I played A Plague Tale Innocence. Um, I played... Here's the thing. For weeks, we've been trying to play The Division fucking 2. The Division 2 on Xbox One specifically for one man, Ryan Fitzgerald. We've been like, oh man, I can't wait to play with him finally. And we get there and Holden's like, ah, my Division 2 doesn't work over there. My Division 2 doesn't work. So we can't play it on game night because Holden can't play it. And then we're like, yes, fine, that's okay. On a random Tuesday, we're going to do it. Matt, me, Dallas, Ryan, we log on. Ryan's like, mm, y'all, I didn't download the 60 gigabyte patch. The fuck? So I played the opening a <laughs> little bit. I'm enjoying it. There are a lot of systems to get to learn that I am not even starting to scratch the surface with, but I like shooting things. And now I know exactly how you feel when you play Destiny 2. Is there parkour? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There is no parkour. And in fact, I don't even think there's a jump button. There's a like vault over things button. But mm, Yeah, I wouldn't um, like that. Playing Let's Destiny 2 Spires. Destiny 2. One of the raid layers for the Leviathan raid is called Spire of the Stars. We got a group together. <laughs> Man, getting a group of six people together all at one time for several hours is so tough. It's so tough. We had a group of six like a month in advance. Like, all right, March 7th, that's the day we're going to do it. And then like three days before, one person dropped. And we're like, ah, that's okay. We got someone to cover. And then the day before, someone dropped. We're like, ah, we got someone to cover. And then like one person had to leave an hour earlier than we thought. And then it's just like, we got to the final boss. We attempted him for like 45 minutes. Uh, and with the right crew who knows what they're doing, we can make it happen. But it's just like we're on the final boss now. We've got two days left. How are we going to coordinate six more people getting back with little to no notice? So that's a little unfortunate. I think I might next try to do raid dungeons which are three-person activities instead of six-people activities. And maybe we'll knock out a bunch of those because uh, that seems easier to organize. And it's also, you don't have to rely on as many people doing exactly the perfect thing at exactly the right time. So uh, that being said, I did have fun with it. It was There were frustrating points at which I was like, man, am I glad Holden's not here because this is really frustrating. Us just trying to jump on these <laughs> fucking fan blades for an hour straight trying to get up to this thing. Like first person platforming. And, and I like, would have said something. You many would have things, said something. Many I mean, times, we all over were, and over we again. We all were bitching. But it's like, we were also laughing and having fun while bitching, and we understood that it was frustrating for everyone, but we got through it, and we it was, we were better people for it. But man, I know that 
45 minutes into that hour of platforming, you'd be like, guys, I think that's it. I think I'm honestly, I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and we would have lost you. <laughs> and we're like, God damn it. I got to go pull a rando. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we didn't put you through that. I'm glad I didn't have to go through that. Thank you for sparing me. You're welcome. Next up, I played Rocket League. We actually played this the last two weeks for game night because it is cross-platform, cross-play, cross-save, cross-everything, which is really cool. Um, and I didn't expect to like this game as much as I did. I got it a long-ass time ago when it first came out, and it was free on PS Plus, and I played it local multiplayer against like one person a couple times, and I was like, oh, this is fun, but cool, whatever. And then we played three-on-three, three of us versus three other people in the world last week. And I was like, oh, you know what? This can be kind of cool. This is kind of fun and tense. And then this week, we did three on three, and but we had enough people, like all six of us. We actually had seven of us <laughs> at one point to do three on three, and then we did four on three for a, a round. And I was like, damn, this is incredibly fun. And we change up the teams all the time. If you're on Matt's team, you automatically get a free pass and you win every single game because Matt's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I used to play Rocket League a lot. I mean, I'm pretty good. And he's like fucking played for a thousand hours and he has all the unlocks and he's winning every freaking game and knows how to do a flip. <laughs> and I didn't learn until two hours into it how to do a fucking flip. Uh, but I didn't realize that there was more than just soccer. There's basketball. There was hockey. There were two other modes we didn't try. That's really hockey cool. Hockey was the best one. Hockey, hockey was, was fun. because And each one of them adds a little bit more, like, a little bit more of a... There's something else to consider. Yeah, like jumping gets you nowhere. Whereas in basketball, you got to be jumping all the time because that thing's bouncing. Yeah, yeah, but hockey, like you don't want to jump. You'll go over the puck. You'll miss it. Yep. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I would love for that to stick around as like a staple for game night for sure. Uh, Yeah, I like it a lot. I see. I just like you. I'd played it a little while ago, but kind of on my own. And it's. I don't think it works as well when you're on a team of people you can't talk to against people you can't talk to. Not so much yeah. the opposite opposing team, but when you are, and I wasn't there the, the first week, but the second week when we had everyone together talking uh, on both teams, that was a blast. That was totally fun. I think it also like there's I don't know there's this like weird pressure when I'm playing an online game like that and I don't know anyone on my team or the opposing team where I'm like, man, I'm just letting everyone down because I'm not good <laughs> yep. at this. Yep. And but here it's like okay, we're just having fun and it's a good time. And Matt's going to do everything anyway, so I right. can just drive around. As long as you're on Matt's team, you're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it was. it's a total blast. I, I, I started to get a better feel for the game, too. I feel like, for me, what worked is playing more defensively and looking for where the ball is going and where your teammates are in relation to the ball. If there are two people who are already driving up on, on the ball, I'm not going to go in with them. I should hang out back so yep. I can... You know, like you start thinking strategically and kind of placement along the field. Um, not, not that I applied that in effective ways, but but I'm starting <laughs> to get a, a grasp on the game now. I'm enjoying it. Dope, dope, dope. And then finally, we'll talk about this in our main quest today. Uh, play the Final Fantasy VII demo. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that because that is our main meaty fucking quest. <laughs> Holden, what did you play this week? Um, so I started our, our barf of the month, which is Bioshock Infinite. What does barf stand for? Barf is backlog accomplishments with respawn and friends. That's us what? and you guys. Everyone, so, yeah, all of you play along with us. It's actually cool it'll to see be, people who are tweeting us images and like, oh my God, I'm playing it. Oh my God, you should love this game. This is fantastic. Yeah, so all the people who have played this, uh, please participate. Either play it or sometime before the end of the month, send us your thoughts on it and your little mini review, your memories of playing it, whatever it is. I will share my thoughts at the end of the month, but I just want to say I'm playing it, and I'm I'm definitely going to do the DLC as well. I'll just say that. 
Is yes, it already, the first like, time I think we've said it. this on the show proper, we've decided mm-hmm. that Burial at Sea is part of the entire barf. Similar to how we did Bioshock 2 with Minerva's Den required. Oh, they're saying it's going to be optional. I'm fine with it being mandatory. It's totally it is mandatory, I'm do- yes. I'm good doing it anyway, so perfect. I'm halfway through the game already. I'll just say, that's, that's all I'll say about the game. I'm already mm. halfway through it. If I halfway it's through it because I want to get it 7th? over with or because I'm loving it, you'll have to wait to the end of the month to find out. I'm not saying yet. I'm oh, not going to say anything. But what I have been playing more of this week, um, I've been in a pretty regular Animal Crossing rhythm uh, ever since that uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons Direct a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm doing the one thing that I always forgot to do. There is, on Sunday mornings from 6 to 10, there is the stock market, and I've always been really bad about the stock market. Basically, you go to Joan, who's this boar, she sells you... Uh, um, turnips, so like turnip stocks, not like stock, like the stock market, but it's the like stock stalk. market. Stalk, yeah. So with an L. With an L. And an A, because there's no A in stock. Like stock market, like Wall Street. Anyway, stock, stock, very confusing. Anyway, so you buy a bunch of you buy a bunch of turnips every Sunday between six and noon, and I always forgot to play it in that specific time frame, so I missed it most of the time. But I've been consistent with it two weeks in a row now, and I'm very happy because it adds this like it's it's fun to have to go to the retail service, ask them what what they're buying turnips for. So I bought them for ninety three bells, and I'm like, they're only buying they're only buying them back for sixty three right now. I'm gonna have to wait. And like every day, it was like seventy or like back down to sixty again, and it never even touched ninety. And I'm like, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose bells this week, and I'm not happy with that. And then Saturday, they sold for one hundred and thirty five bells per <laughs> uh, per turnip, and I had fifteen hundred five hundred turnip, fifteen hundred fifty turnips. And I made bank. I made bank. And then I bought a new room for my house with that money. And it was fantastic. That's what Animal Crossing is about. That's what it's about right there. That's what it is. about waiting up on Sunday morning for someone other than God to sell you turnips. <laughs> God sells turnips. That's what he initially started with. It was a turnip and lemonade stand. And he just kind of grew from there and made the universe. It's crazy. Yep. Start small, everyone. Start small. <laughs> so that's, that's what I played this week. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Moving on, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got, obviously, some coronavirus stuff to talk about. We've got a Last (laughs) of Us movie. We've got Star Wars games that are new. But let's start with our fetch quests, which are all coronavirus related. Um, (laughs) Let's just get it out of the way, basically. Let's just just get it out of the way. There's some good. There's some bad. Starting with the bad. Psionics cancels Rocket League World Championship over coronavirus concerns. That's James Bachelor at GamesIndustry.biz. This was originally scheduled for the end of April, the 24th to the 26th. Uh, it's just another on the long list of things that are being canceled, which includes Mo Yang's Real World Microsoft Festival event due to coronavirus. Now, this one wasn't actually scheduled until September 25th through the 27th. And don't freak out and be like, oh my God, they expect it to last that long. Uh, the cancellation actually comes from the inability to actually meet and plan this with their global partners due to coronavirus. So they're saying if we can't even plan it really well going into it, we'll go ahead and just cancel the event. Um, three more South by Southwest was canceled, which was supposed to be held, uh, I believe next week due to coronavirus as Vicki Blake at, um, every time I say Vicki Blake, I want to say Ricky Lake at Eurogamer and nobody knows who Ricky Lake is. No oh, idea. Oh man. Old nineties talk show host. She wasn't old <laughs> at the time. 
and the Sonic movie has been delayed in Japan by coronavirus. I feel like we talked about this one last time. That was China last time. Oh, gotcha. It was delayed in China. Now it's also been yeah. delayed in Japan by coronavirus concerns, I'm sure, for the same exact reasons. Uh, we kind of mentioned this in a text message thread is when they also delayed No Time to Die, the 007 movie, mm-hmm. to uh, November. And we're like, I'm sure a little bit of it is like, hey, let's keep our people safe and not make them go to the theater and get coronavirus. And then some of it is like, hey, there are billions of people over in China and Asia who can't go to the movie theater right now because they're trapped in their houses and we're going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's why we're going to do this. So it is impacting everyone. And then this last one's kind of cool. Bungie's going Bungie's going to work from home for a while, says Brat Makadonsky at Destructoid. Bungie's actually pretty hastily put together an entire company-wide policy about how to work from home. Uh, and it's going to become part of the company culture for a little bit going forward. And this has been growing too. It's actually Nintendo's included in this now. Nintendo of America's included in this. Microsoft's doing it. Apple just announced they're going to be doing it, um, but only for like a weekly basis. Um, so companies are, are pretty regularly doing that now. Yeah. Which is good to see. Um, it's a good... Good it is good. I like it. I, and what's the interesting thing to come out of this, I, I think it was on Kind of Funny Games Daily, they brought up the question, we're like, once people get a taste for like what work from home is and how productive you can be from home, I wonder if that's going to cause a greater culture shift in these studios. We're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we don't always have to be in the office all the time, even when we're not stricken with coronavirus. Like maybe work from home <laughs> could be a possibility in the future as well. Like So yeah, like productivity went up. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, that's all the bad from coronavirus. And then we have some good stuff coming out of it. Uh, not necessarily like everyone who got coronavirus is good, but no. Uh, Nintendo, Microsoft, and multiple third-party publishers commit to this year's Gamescom, says Liam Doolin at Nintendo Life. Gamescom is held at the end of August. Uh, Sony will not be in attendance, but many companies have backed out of attendance recently, uh, will be showing up, and they include CD Projekt Red, EA, Microsoft, Twitch, and more. Gamescom is traditionally the largest uh, gaming conference on the planet. It's held in Europe and Germany, and it is, uh, if you think E3 is huge or you think PAX is huge, it is many multiple times that uh, as far as the amount of people there. So it is encouraging to see that they feel like by the end of August, all of these big companies still believe that they're going to be there and that things will be okay. And we'll see how that plays out in the future. AMD says Xbox Series X and PS5 release date is still on track, says Zermenicon, PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, and this was stated during a financial call. So for everyone who's like, oh my God, are things going to get delayed? Oh, my bloomers. Uh, looks like no. Everything for the time being is still on track for release this holiday. They can't lie to people who want to invest in their company. I can't lie. You're doing a <laughs> lot of liar liar quotes. It's because he's liar liar is a staple of the American economy. <laughs> Not economy. <laughs> of American uh, comedy. Culture. There you go. Culture. Oh, culture comedy. Yes. Comedy. I would agree with that. I think it's one of his best movies, if not his best comedy. I really like Liar Liar. What is Jim Carrey's best comedy? Is it Sonic the Hedgehog? No. It's Liar It's Liar Liar for sure. You just said that it wasn't. No, I said it is. Oh. Dumb and Dumber. If I misspoke, man. it's not what I meant. Dumb oh, and that's, Dumber that's, that's, that's close. Is so fucking good. It is really good. I still like Liar Liar more, I think. I don't know. It's it's really tough. It's, impo- it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible to say. There's no empirical evidence. <laughs> None. We can't so- <laughs> watch the movies and make a decision. That'd be impossible. Right? Double feature. Oh, mm-hmm. man. 
Speaking of impossible, you can't take down E3. E3 2020 happening despite <laughs> coronavirus. The ESA That is, statement will not age well in like 20 years. <laughs> ESA is, quote, monitoring the situation, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, despite uh, recent news that I am 8-bit is pulling out of uh, E3, uh, whatever that meant. It was a really kind of cryptic, like weird, you said, over mixed feelings with ESA. We don't know whether that has anything to do with coronavirus or some agreement or what the fuck I am 8-bit was going to be doing there anyway. Um, but despite that pullout, despite Sony pulling out, they are still planning on it happening, which is awesome because we are officially going. We have our tickets. We have our Airbnb. Yeah. We are so fucking excited. Thanks to all of you patrons, patreon.com slash respawn aimfire. It was you that allowed, like you literally bought us an ESA or an E3 2020 ticket to attend. That's awesome. Uh, and then next we have the Valve Index will be restocked on March 9th. That is the day before Mario Day. The day before all of you are listening to this, unless you're tuned in live to twitch.tv slash affable idiots right now. And uh, that was one of those like, concerned that people were not going to be able to get their hands on it maybe due to coronavirus yeah. but it looks like it's going to be restocked in time for <sighs> and they also it's, they also said that they weren't expecting to have inventory back in until after half-life alex came out in like the last week of march so it's really reassuring to see that they were able to get ahead about two weeks in advance so that that's I think a really good sign. Another thing that's not video game related, but is absolutely worth mentioning because it relates to all these things. Um, the John Hopkins organization, they have been doing a coronavirus watch. And actually, it's pretty good. The notable thing there is right now there's 109,000 people that are uh, globally that have coronavirus. 3,000, like 500 roughly of those have been fatal. Um, uh, have been fatal. Which is not great, obviously, but that's been reported. Like, kind of those two numbers have been reported pretty heavily. The one that I have not really been seen reported is the people who have recovered from coronavirus already. Like, what do you think that number is? If this is a huge epidemic, like, I don't and, know. It's does sixty thousand people. Recovered? No, death does not count as recovered. <laughs> but sixty thousand people have been recovered from coronavirus already. Oh. That's a really, really high rate. And at this point now, too, there are more people recovering per day than there are new diagnoses per day that's good we're so on the mend is, exactly we're, we're on the mend this is gonna moon. shape up we're gonna go to e3 there's gonna be no problems we're gonna get new consoles without delays in the fall because those uh, are two important things when discussing coronavirus as a global epidemic oh you're pushing us my going buttons. to e3 and us buying game consoles at the end of the year all my butthole buttons that's trademark dallas smith <laughs> <laughs> Next up, oh, we have a wham-bam thank you, ma'am, full of good shit coming from Sony. The Sony Quest Log. Claps for effect. The Last of Us is a TV show happening at HBO. Hold on, it gets better. Written by Neil Druckmann. Hold on, it gets better. The guy who wrote and directed the game. Hold on, it gets better. From the guys who brought you the Chernobyl series on HBO, which was a fucking phenomenal miniseries. Holden, what did we do to deserve such a beautiful thing? <laughs> so I'll 
whenever we talked about the potential of the Last of Us movie, I was always like, uh, really don't think that's a good idea. The game really, really works well on its own. And it's one of those things where I said, never. I'll, there's nothing that could convince me to be excited about this, except the circumstances of this story are the exact <laughs> ones that would get me yes. excited for it. Uh, I haven't seen Chernobyl yet, and I really want to. Craig Mazin, the guy who wrote Chernobyl, I've listened to his podcast script notes for like years now. That guy knows his shit. Even though his comedy track record's not super high, his drama record, which The Last of Us is definitely not a comedy, is really high. So I'm excited for this. The fact also that Neil Druckmann's involved, who has said that he's kind of uncomfortable like with making content yeah. like this, is on board. That's he had, super exciting. Like, notoriously, he was not involved in the previously announced movie that was coming. Like, they were making yeah. the movie without him, uh, mm-hmm. which was like, for me, it was like, that's super concerning. Why? Uh, a couple of details. One, what's the guy's name that you had listened to his podcast from oh, Craig Chernobyl? Mason. Yes. He is an avid video game fan. He yes. loves The Last of Us. He is like praised Neil Druckmann as the best video game writer out there, which is really, really cool to know that he's a fan. So it's not just going to be like they assigned it to someone at HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the the like nuclear fallout <clears throat> from Chernobyl is going to translate really well to the post-apocalyptic nature of The Last of Us. It's actually a sequel. It is. Uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, <laughs> um, uh, it will follow the events of the first game. the The series oh, it will follow. Is. Okay. Yes, it will follow the events of the first game. And as a result, the movie is canceled. Thank the Lord. Okay, those are two details I didn't know about, and now I'm really excited. Yes, the movie is canceled. So. Last of Us TV show on HBO. It's going to be fucking great. Um, shit, there was one more thing that I, one more point that I wanted. Oh, this is officially PlayStation Productions working in partnership with HBO. So this, this is them saying, hey, just like kind of their, their, um, strategy with spider-man like we want to take a good ip and give it to a studio that we know is going to fucking do really great things with it they're like hey playstation productions we have this we want to help hbo and this person who is passionate about the project make this happen rather than do try to do everything in the house ourselves so this is going to be a playstation productions thing along with the twisted metal tv series that is still to come um (laughs) which one will be better who knows who knows um (laughs) We actually don't Let's, know. The last of us could be terrible and Twisted Metal be like, that was cheeky good fun. Shut up. Who Let's knows? brainstorm for a little bit. Who do we cast in The Last of Us? Honestly, not Maisie Williams as Ellie. I think everyone pitches that, and I think that'd be too distracting. That was always, like, when they announced the movie, everyone's like, oh my god, Maisie Williams should do it. And like after she stabbed the Night King, I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> it has nothing to do with, like, her. I just think it'd yeah. be really distracting to have someone who everyone already knows playing ellie i kind of want yeah. this to be i i feel like part of what makes the last of us world so good is how rugged and gritty it feels and i can't it's harder to get that feeling for me if i recognize the people who are in the show or movie if it's people that i don't know it almost could be real in a way like oh yeah that is what joel really looks like yeah whereas like it's tom cruise i'm like that's tom cruise he's playing a great joel but it's still tom cruise not that tom cruise would be a good pick at all to to play joel um i don't really know i don't really i I want it to be someone i don't know like i don't want to be able to guess it basically so there's there's a the element of me that says i want it to be a, a new person someone i don't know someone i don't recognize i want them to just really fucking kill it but part of me also says like You've got you've got to nail this, especially if it's going to be a child, 
Like Ellie in the game mm-hmm. is what, 13, 12 or 13, four, something like that? I think like 14 or something like that, yeah. Um, you've got you've got to nail that and child actors is always a big if there are things like the the girl who played uh, young Wolverine girl in Logan I've heard people throw her name around a little bit I don't know if she has like the Ellie has like this this charm about her a little bit and like this a Mm -hmm. little bit of an innocence that I'm not going to spoil anything in the game but I don't know that the girl from from Wolverine from Logan could do that Um, who knows I would love to see. I, she's not super big, but did you ever see Booksmart? No, I haven't. I know I should, but I haven't seen it. I would love to see the the best friend in Booksmart, uh, the lesbian girl of the two. Which pff, surprise, Allie's a lesbian. Um, I would love to see her. She's a little old for it, but I think she looks young enough. And honestly, I think for this, they could play up Ellie's age a little bit. Um, but then I would also love to see the girl. From it and from the new show, I'm not okay with this. Uh, she was also in Shattered Objects uh, on HBO, so she has a history with HBO as well. I think she could fucking kill it as well. <sighs> or Keanu Reeves. Or Keanu Reeves. Yeah. What if we just have Keanu Reeves as Joel? No, fuck Keanu Reeves. No, it's Ellie. <laughs> Ellie. No, he's yeah, too busy with he the SpongeBob do- movie, all dried up. He can do anything. Oh my god! I thought that show was kind of funny, and then man, that that Keanu Reeves moment was so—it just didn't work. <laughs> Is it sad that work. I think I'm going to go see that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I expected you would because you're a SpongeBob I, fan. I kind of I miss SpongeBob humor so much. I have not watched SpongeBob in maybe eight years, ten years. But man, which means I watched it. Yeah, I watched it at age twenty, twenty-two. Fuck you. Um. <laughs> The I'm animation 30. style in that movie does look really fucking good. I have it looks admit. it's weird. I love all the different styles of animation that we're starting to see come out. Like you mm-hmm. see forget about it. Anyway, anyway, back to the last of us. <laughs> um for Joel. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> one one recommend I can't remember the actor's name, but one person I saw pitches Joel, I'm like, ooh, that would actually be good is Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. I don't know what's the actor's name. Oh, Nicola. Yes. He has like a J and a K in his name. He would be fantastic. Cluster. I think he could really pull it off. Clusterfuck. Nicolage Clusterfuck. What is his name? Who plays Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones? Nicolaj Kosterwaldau. Nicolaj. 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 That was a uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference. No, he'd be fucking great. Or like Gerard Butler. (laughs) (laughs) That would be like the, hey, we don't have enough money to make this as good as we need to. Exactly. Yeah. That would be like, hey, it's coming to play, uh, coming to Showtime, and uh, PlayStation has nothing to do with it. I, I should say that it's if they went for the action movie version of The Last of Us, where we have like one-liners, like Gerard Butler's never a clicker. He'd shoot it in the face and go click or something stupid <laughs> like like that. Like that's what that movie or show would be. Oh man, yeah, I'm down with it. Cool, Jamie Lannister, <laughs> girl from Shattered Objects. Done. That's it. Done. Uh, moving on, more amazing, fantastic, earth-shattering, a wonderful Sony news. 
Ghosts of Tsushima is out June 26th. Collectors and Digital Deluxe Editions detailed, says Justin Massengill. Mason Gill. Mason Gill. From the PlayStation blog, uh, it is officially out June 26th, and it was revealed with a new trailer that looks uh, so good. Uh, so yeah, good. it looks really good. How on you? <laughs> Two big thoughts I had coming out of that trailer. First Go. off, is just. I want June you to 26th. tell me in reverse order. What's your second thought you had? Still going to start with the June 2nd one. June 22nd, uh, 26th. June 26th is way sooner than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. I Well, it's it's a, not even a month away from Last of Us Part 2. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. I totally forgot Last of Us Part We were just talking about The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's that's the TV show. The Part 2 hasn't had it. It doesn't matter. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be an overrated sequel. You hold uh, anyway. your tongue. <laughs> so Ghost Tsushima, though. I expected, I, obviously, it's going to come out before the PS5 came out, unless yep. they were changing it some way, which would be surprising. So, June 26th surprised me. But I'm watching this going, ooh, man, I love Sekiro, and this is, looks kind of Sekiro-y. Not, not exactly just because it takes place in um, in an Asian setting, but because it's looks like it's sword combat based there's a few shots where you'd have like one enemy with one sword coming up for what was clearly going to be like a sword duel and i'm like that gave me that like sekiro vibe of like oh yeah we're gonna be clashing swords this is gonna be great um but on top of that there's the part where he is sneaking or where the where the ghost i guess did he say his name or is it just ghost no they do say his name somewhere in there i don't remember what it is though I'm trying to call him the ghost. That's what I can remember. Call him ghost. The ghost is like sneaking around in this house and he sees a <clears throat> enemy uh, silhouetted through the window and he just stabs at the window and pulls the enemy in. So I'm like, you're going to have sword fighting, you're going to have stealth, which is exciting to me as that's what I love about Sekiro. But the story looks fantastic. It looks really good. And I got this sense of like epic adventure and a story of revenge. I'm like, I'm so in. I'm so in for this. I've yep. not been sold in this game yet. I'm 100% sold now. I'm kind of the same way. Before seeing trailers for this game, knowing about it, I was like, this game looks cool. I will pick it up because it's a first-party exclusive and I'm a shill. Um, but <laughs> uh, after seeing this trailer, I'm like, fuck. Sign me up. Pre-order now. <laughs> yeah, very excited. If you All haven't watched in. that trailer, go do it. Uh, finally, wrapping up our Sony news today on our quest log, Sony names new head of Santa Monica Studios as Matt Kim at IGN. Santa Monica Studio is most known for, most recently known for God of War, among a ton of other stuff. Yumi Yang will replace Shannon Studstill as head of Santa Monica Studio. There's a statement from Santa Monica Studio saying. Her project management, quote, her project management prowess and meticulous oversight of 2018's God of War helped the title fully realize its groundbreaking potential. After nearly two decades and countless substantial contributions to Santa Monica Studios' rich legacy, Yumi has the unquestioned respect and trust of her peers. With her vast experience and deep understanding of the studio's distinct creative DNA, she is perfectly positioned to lead Santa Monica Studio to a bold and exciting future, end quote. I Boom. resisted burping three times in the middle of that quote. It was too long <laughs> of a quote for me to read on that. That was too much pressure. It's impressive. You, you pulled it off. I didn't even know. Didn't even notice. Yeah. So, yeah, Yumi's been with the studio for, uh, I think it was 19 years, they said. Um, and is definitely a worthy. She was the uh, the game director, I believe. You know, Director of, what do they call her? Director of production on uh, God of War 2018, which we all know is the best game of all time. Um, 
So now to see her running the studio, I think it's in excellent hands. She's worked on a ton of stuff, including the original God of War franchise, including um, Twisted Metal, Black, uh, which was actually one of the best Twisted Metals. Uh, so yeah, lots of really good things. I look forward to whatever comes out of Santa Monica Studio. And on a related note, yeah, I was say, Jack, moving... Who, who, who's she who's replacing? And why did that person leave? Moving on to Google's Quest Log, former God of War executive producer to head new Google Stadia dev team from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. So yes, the person that Yumi is replacing is Shannon Studstill, who was previously at Santa Monica Studios. Uh, she will head Stadia's new Playa Vista studio. Playa is sand or beach in Spanish, I think. So I thought it was Playa. Playa Vista. Playa. What up? Playa Vista. It's a, it, They're telling you to play your Vita, but they had a typo. Playa Vista. <laughs> uh, she will be coming on to, quote, focus on they delivering exclusive games. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Playa Vista. Vita. <laughs> Uh, focus on delivering exclusive games. That's really using mean new of us. gameplay mechanics. We are the irreverent gaming podcast. Right? This is true. That means we could be as offensive and mean as we want to, <laughs> with no repercussions whatsoever. Let me read this quote. No, uh, I'm going to start over. She will be coming on to quote focus on delivering exclusive games using new gameplay mechanics, creative ways to play together, and unique interaction models that we are just starting to explore. While we're not ready to share specific game plans yet, rest assured we are listening to what gamers want and adding our own Stadia twists to create new IP and experiences. That is yet another huge name that Stadia has nabbed in the game development space, uh, and I think that she can with the right money, the right support, and the right team, probably create something mind-blowing for Stadia seven to ten years from now. So, I'm first of all, I just want to be very clear about what I'm going to say here. This is not a comment on Shannon Studstill's performance as an employee of whatever company she's working for, but I can't help but think that any of these like big-name people that go to Stadia is going to be like Silicon Valley, the one guy who gets like brought into um, Hooli, and they think he's going to do these amazing things, and they realize he can't do anything, so he ends up getting paid an executive salary to do absolutely nothing. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and like, just like on again, the roof drinking Slurpees. And... Yeah, it has nothing to do with Shannon Studstill. It's just that like Stadia's not doing anything at all. So they just go there to drink smoothies and get paid executive salaries. That's like the thought yeah. I have. Like, oh, big name person with to Stadia? Guess they're doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, my I only think from the wording of this, like, uh, focusing on new gameplay mechanics, creative ways to play together, and unique interaction models that we're just starting to explore. Like, they don't have an idea what they're doing yet. They're bringing no. her on to say, hey, we created this tech that can do these crazy-ass things. How do we make a game that uses those? And she's going to start brainstorming things, and then she needs to get an art team together, and then she needs to get a game, like a writing team together, and then mm -hmm. figure out what the fuck they're going to make. So it is going to be a long time before we see anything from this team. Yeah. The exciting thing about this at the very least is that there are going to be games that are cloud specific and that sh we should be excited for yeah. but it's kind of like it's kind of like Nintendo coming out with a Switch and saying and we have these really cool Joy-Con controllers we just hired some new people to look at the Joy-Con controllers and to figure out what kind <laughs> of games they could make from it by the way the Switch comes out in a month but like expect stuff later on it's just yeah. the whole thing yeah I feel like I'm a broken record. Every time we talk about Google Stadia, 
we I feel like we just say, yep, it's boring. It's yeah. not doing my over and over uh, again. To, yeah, to your credit, these kinds of acquisitions and discussions should have been happening years ago. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our third-party quest log. So, someone's made an unlicensed Quidditch Rocket League hybrid game, says Wesley LeBlanc yeah, at IGN. Do. Don't get too excited, everybody. Broomstick League sells for $14.99 or $13.49 for a launch and a discount on Steam. It is reminiscent of Quidditch, but it's never outright stated for promotional materials, obviously for copyright reasons. Um, and it does not include a snitch or a bludger equivalent. It is just you on broomsticks trying to get a quaffle into a goal. They don't even well, call it a quaffle. It's just a ball. But, but you do wands, a and you can write nice in the air with your wand. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, so you watched the trailer for it? I did, yeah. I know this game probably isn't going to be amazing, even though apparently on Steam it has some high ratings so far. But goddamn, I that looks awesome. <laughs> it looks it really cool. It does look fun. It does look fun. Yeah. I'm worried. It's I'm not going to pay. First of all, I don't game on my PC or my. I don't have a PC. I have a Mac. I don't game on my Mac. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay 14.99 for what looks like a reskin, like a very, very, very good, thoughtful reskin on uh, Rocket League. Um, but I hope it's great. What this does make me hope for, man, I bet, I hope to God that if a, if this, uh, I'm going to say Harry Potter game, if this Hogwarts game is real, <gasps> where the fuck is this they, game? And if they have a Quidditch mode, and if you can then play that Quidditch mode with your friends online, <gasps> hold it! Mind blown. I'm getting too wet. You have to stop talking. <laughs> ah! uh, two more stories left on our quest log for third parties. One about NVIDIA GeForce Now, this thing that we praised a while ago, uh, loses support for more games, including Borderlands. Civ and other 2K games. This comes from Mariella Moon at Engadget. Uh, 2K Games is the latest company now to drop out of GeForce Now support. They follow Activision, Blizzard, and Bethesda. So if you're unfamiliar, GeForce Now is a game streaming technology that uh, only works on PC or Android devices or like Shield TV, but it, it basically you buy the game on Steam, Epic Game Store, whatever it is, and then this allows you to just stream it to another device using the copy you already own. Uh, And a lot of companies just don't understand it, didn't realize they were on it, or they thought they were on it for a beta, and they're like, I don't want to be on it for the real thing. Uh, And they're now starting to pull out, so you now are losing opportunities to play big things like Diablo and Overwatch and uh, Borderlands and Civ, like all of these things, which sucks. Yeah, so I I looked into this a little bit, just because I wasn't quite sure what, the GeForce Now service was. I'd heard that you know, the pitch, uh, you can play your games that you already bought. It's that pitch makes it sound like a remote desktop service. And it does rely on games you've already purchased. That is how it works. But it's kind of like a different launcher on on an uh, or like a different app on your uh, on whatever device you want to play from. Yeah. And it's really more, at least to how NVIDIA was pitching it, is more of a way to play PC games if you don't have a powerful enough PC. So if you have like a 10-year the pitch is like if you have a 10-year-old Mac, then you could play The Witcher 3 on that Mac if you wanted to. And the um, stadium just go argument. to Yeah, just go you to Steam. You play on a piece of shit Chrome browser. Yep. Exactly. Go to Steam, buy the game, and then we will let you stream it 
they're basically a middleman. Like they're really only making money off the subscription, which is free, by the way. You get a there's a free tier where you get like an hour play session, and then like you can only play in hour chunks, I guess. Um, and then you can do another tier that's like five dollars a month, and that has like ray tracing turned on, and it has like six hour play session instead of one hour. Um, but I think what I think what this is is that and to me personally as well, I don't think that companies really understand what this is and mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that they don't like the idea of their game streaming obviously activision has their games on stadia do they have the games yeah they do have some games on stadia because they like destiny on stadia well that's not activision anymore that's not activision um, anymore uh, but they, they these companies have games that are cloud-based i think what's just weird is that it's a transaction that's that's for a PC-based game that is now being used in the cloud. It's like when, for example, like you like ripping DVDs is is questionable, like in legality, because it's you have the right to the disc, but you don't have the right to the digital file, and it's just this really stupid like copyright thing. And I wonder if it's just like a legal hesitation, maybe because it's like there's an uncertainty of kind of where this falls. Yeah. I don't like it. It seems strange. The whole, it, I have three guesses. Yeah. One of them is kind of along what you're saying is uh, what you were saying is th I don't think GeForce Now is communicating to these developers what it is or even that they're mm -hmm. on the service. And if they just yeah. had an idea of like, no, we're not selling a game and not giving you profits. We're like just explaining how the tech works and like what the launcher itself mm -hmm. is. And there was somewhere that I read. Headline, or something. I, I read something somewhere where they did a poll of people who, uh, of developers, asking them if, whose games are on GeForce Now, asking them, one if they knew what that it was on there, or two if they knew what the service was. And most of them, uh, not most of them, I think there was like twenty or thirty percent had no idea that they were even on GeForce Now, or let alone what the service was. Yeah. So I think it's it's bad communication between GeForce Now and its partners of games that it would like to support. I also think there could be two, I don't think this is likely, but I think there are two other scenarios that this could be. One is that this, if if these companies, like if Activision Blizzard wants to make money off of doing a Diablo port for iPad, then GeForce Now would then basically make that moot because, oh, I can already play it on my, well, we won't say iPad, we'll say Android tablet. Uh, I can already play it on my Android tablet via GeForce Now, so why would I buy an Android version of this? So, like, if it's future plans of them to make a downscaled version or a light version or an alternate port, uh, that could get in the way of it. Uh, and then the other thing I think about is quality, and I'm not quite sure if this has anything to do with it, but I think about, like, if I'm creating something and I want it to use specific resources and look a very specific way and take advantage of the hardware a certain way, I have no control over how that looks after it comes over the internet or whatever input device somebody's choosing to play it on. If they're using touchscreen controls on an Android tablet when I intended it to be played on mouse and keyboard. Um, so it could come down to like these companies say, I didn't intend for my game to be played this way and I want it to be played the way that I developed it. Kind of like how mm -hmm. Nintendo's big excuse is like, we don't release Mario games on other platforms <clears throat> because we designed them for the controller. Like, I feel like that could be part of it too. Like the presentation and the gameplay, they want it to feel and act a certain way and yeah. look a certain way. And that might be why they're not trusting this technology that just maybe isn't proven yet or they just don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where it's like weird to me because I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think that all, that 
it's definitely valid. It's strange to me because isn't this a precedent that's kind of set with remote desktop software? Like, it, I own Word on my on my Mac. I go to remotely access my Mac from my iPad or whatever, and I'm using Microsoft Word that way. Like, that's totally kosher. That's totally good. Like, why is... So, and the same kind of example you have of, like, okay, but there's Word for, for iPad, and they'd rather you use it there, but you can still do the remote desktop if you want to. Um, if you have both of those choices there. Uh, and I should look this up ahead of time, but, like, is there, like a legal protection for remote software like that, remote desktop software like that? And why doesn't this qualify under it? Like, I don't I, know. It's... I assume that cloud gaming and streaming is so new that there there's a huge gray area and, and just laws that aren't written or developed yet. And I kind of think yeah. this is kind of reminiscent of the writer's strike from uh, way back or earlier in the 2000s where yeah. like, video streaming and selling in digital things like these writers weren't getting a cut of that because that wasn't written in their contract mm. because it didn't exist when those contracts were made so they're like losing out on all this money from streaming services and and from selling things through itunes so they went on strike to say hey let's rewrite our contracts so that we can better take advantage of like we can get paid for the work that's going out there so it might be something like that they're like hey we need legislation around this or we need to come to an agreement as an industry about how we get paid for this kind of stuff. If people aren't playing through our launcher and seeing our ads when they load up Steam, but instead they're seeing GeForce Now stuff, like that's revenue we're losing. How do we still get paid for that time? Or or if your game is, if GeForce Now is only successful because we put Call of Duty on it and people are playing Call of Duty like crazy on it, how do we get a cut of that? Because you're welcome. That's us that made you successful. And this would make sense too because... NVIDIA, each time, well, except for this time, each time someone has left, they always have some sort of acknowledgement and saying that we're working behind the scenes to hopefully bring some of these developers back over time. They didn't have any statement with um, with 2K games, but they did for Activision Blizzard and Bethesda. So I guess we're just going to have to see how this plays out. It's a cool idea. It really is. Yeah. Their statements too have sense. always generally been like, we're respecting the partners. There was miscommunication. Hopefully, our partners will return when they understand the value that this provides. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think it's a mixture of all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. New things on the horizon, however, as EA Motive Star Wars game is reportedly the leaked Project Maverick. Says Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle. There has been a Twitter bot. Thank you, bot, for uncovering leaks, tracking PSN releases uploaded uh, at. A Twitter bot tracking PSN letters uploaded the leak. Another user asked the bot owner for the title ID for the game and discovered the posting was Project Maverick. Jason Schreier from Kotaku confirmed that the leak is, in fact, the EA Motive Star Wars game that they were creating. Uh, Patrick Klaus, EA Motive's VP and general manager, talked up their Star Wars project a few months ago, touting it as a, quote, very unique Star Wars experience. The, the game will allegedly have multiplayer support and no VR. Uh, there were rumors a while ago that Motive's game was going to be something like flight-based, uh, which totally fits in with the Maverick, you know, Maverick Top Gun, that kind of like, mm-hmm. it totally fits in with that uh, codename title. I'm not quite sure how, I'm not into flight games in general. I'm not quite sure. And even playing like the PSVR Rogue One, or not Rogue One, the PSVR Battlefront experience too it was like this is yeah. awesome but also i'm like kind of sick and then we did the battlefront 2 flying segments i was like i was not super mm-hmm. impressed by this but i don't know hope this is cool so 
Motive is the studio that got the assets from Project Ragtag, which is Amy Hennig's canceled um, game, Star Wars yeah. game, canceled game from Visceral Studios. So that was moved over here. But interestingly, when that game uh, from Visceral was canceled, one of the reasons was that that they wanted to find a better balance to include, excuse me, to include multiplayer support as well. So that's kind of saying like, hey, we're including the multiplayer support as like a point they're bringing up makes me think like, is this the same game or is it a completely different game? I don't know. But it's interesting the same studio that took the assets from Project Ragtag is coming out with this new Star Wars game. I looked into what e else EA Motive has made and the only other thing they've made is Star Wars Battlefront 2. So it's also possible that those assets that were going to be used in Project Ragtag were just incorporated in Battlefront uh, 2 and they've already been used, and we don't even we've seen them. We don't even know that it was supposed to be in the Amy Hennig project at all. Yeah. Um, so it could be something completely different. It could be related to Project Ragtag in some way. I don't know. The very unique Star Wars experience quote is interesting to me because I think we've we've seen starfighter based Star Wars games. That I mean, it was my dad. Primarily, in ship. literally, my dad's favorite game of all time is is Tie Fighter back from the PC from like nineteen ninety three <laughs> or something like that. He had the, so it, the flight joystick and everything like that, and he would play it all the that's time. That's cool. Did you wear like a stormtrooper outfit as well when he's <laughs> he's like <laughs> yep. See, stormtrooper outfit, joystick. He's good to yep. go. Um, so like, if it's a very unique Star Wars experience, I don't know if I would include a dogfighting game in that. But Project Maverick absolutely hints at that. I think Maverick, you think Top Gun. Top Gun is... Danger know. Zone! Exactly, it's the Danger Zone. Uh, that's more about Flight School, <laughs> which I didn't, I've never seen Top Gun. I didn't know that it was about Flight School until recently. You've never seen Top Gun? No, never seen Top oh, Gun Oh, hold, and we got to watch that volleyball scene on repeat. <laughs> um, when does Top Gun 2 come out? I don't know. When does Top Gun 2 come out? The point is, is it could be about a TIE fighting school where you have to learn how to fly, and you're going to be playing like the Maverick-like character. Who knows? This could be <gasps> anything. Oh, no, just kidding. And that would be a very unique Star Wars experience. Top Gun Maverick release date. When is it? June 24th. Holden. That is like the week after we're done with, like two weeks after we're done with three. We're going to watch Top Gun together when we're down <laughs> in L.A., and then we're going to FaceTime each other from the theater as we watch Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I honestly have no interest in seeing Top Gun. You're going to watch it, and you're going to love it. Uh. It's going to be great. Ugh. And uh, is that it for our third-party quest log? Unless you have any more thoughts. I do not have thoughts. They have left my head. Um, speaking of leaving your head, that makes you an idiot. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment to sit right there. No, I'm, I'm going to take a moment and tell you about Affable Idiots. And you're like, what? That podcast that you guys also used to do that you stopped doing two months ago for some reason? Well, it's all been for this. Affable Idiots is the new brand under which the products and podcasts like Respawn Name Fire will live and our new... Though I love this new description of it. So I've, I've come up with this with Jesse. Our new podcast, AAWI stands for and also with you and it's kind of an off-color mr rogers type show where it's all about like sharing and caring and communicating with it but we also say like fuck and penis and things like that anyway it's very fun we just recorded our first episode of it today uh again streaming live it'll be on video services on thursday anyway so affable idiots is now 
the main umbrella under which we have several products like Respawn Aimfire, like AAWI, and like a couple of other things we have coming this spring. And video versions of our podcast are only the first of many amazing things that we're bringing you this spring, but we need your support. You have two free ways to support us, one monetary way to support us, starting with free. The easiest way to do it is to subscribe to our three YouTube channels. And you're like, why? I don't even care about it. It doesn't matter if you don't care. You like me, and you want me to show you my belly. And you want me to do the, what's the dance, the chunk dance from the Goonies? You want me to do that? Uh, truffle shuffle. That's it. The dance. Truffle shuffle. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. We can't reserve youtube.com slash fire unless we have 100 subscribers on that channel. The same goes with Affability. It's same goes with AAWI and also with you. So their links are in the description of the show right now, whether you're watching it on YouTube or whether you're watching it or listening to it on podcast services. Go to those and subscribe. Please, please, please go and subscribe. I don't give a shit if you watch it, but also watch it. Uh, so do that for Respawn Empire. <laughs> do that for our, part, our parent channel, Affabilities, and our sister podcast, AAWI, and also with you. Uh, links in those things below. Number two way you can support us is you can do more good than you even know by leaving us a sweet and sexy review over on every single podcast service that you listen to us on, and even those that you don't. So if you listen to Apple Podcasts and you're one of the people who sent us a screen that says, oops, this won't play, go and leave a positive review right after it doesn't play. And then go to Spotify and listen to it and say, oh my God, this was amazing. And leave a review on Spotify as well. Um, stars are great. We love five of them. They're great. If you're going to give us one star, stop listening and go listen to something else. Please stop. Don't give us one star. Uh, but at least we tell want us why. Stars. Don't just give us one star. At least tell us why. Okay. Tweet at us why. In a private DM, <laughs> but don't put it on the internet for other people to see. Uh, so yes, we would love five stars, but what's more important are words of affirmation because that's our love language here at Affable Idiots. Um, so feel free to drop us a message in there too. Be like, oh my God, they're so great. I love those cute little boys that I can now see on the screen, but don't make it weird. Don't don't get like all rapey and pedophilia about it. Um, <laughs> so please go leave us a review. Go subscribe to our three channels. Go leave us a review. And then finally, Respawn Name Fire has a Patreon over at patreon.com slash Respawn Name Fire. And your continued support there over the last almost a year, it's been like nine months, we've had a baby, a Patreon baby, has literally paid for us to go to E3. It bought an E3 ticket for us, which is amazing. In addition to helping hold him by Spider-Man, and then it turned out to be a waste of money on him. Uh, <laughs> So we are incredibly grateful for the support you've given us so far, uh, and there are a lot of things we want to do in the future. Uh, $1 gets you everything on Patreon. If you want to give us more, that's super wonderful. Uh, it lets you play with us every single week, like we played Rocket League the last couple of weeks. You get influence over what we play. You guys voted for us to play Bioshock Infinite with heavy influence from me. Uh, Very heavy then, influence. For months, <laughs> you're like, we're definitely going to be playing Bioshock Infinite. But hey, I put it up against Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, and Brent basically ran a campaign against it. So, yeah. Uh, and then you get super sexy cool say, There was some serious election manipulation there. Some serious election manipulation. <laughs> there was. There was. You're so, basically Vladimir Putin. <laughs> all in all, I'm Vladimir Putin. Respawn Aim Fire is now a podcast, a product of Affable Idiots. So you will continue to find our information and referencing Affable Idiots. Uh, we are an Affable Idiots podcast, as you will see in the video intro and outro of the show. So yes, please, subscribe to our channels. Go leave us a review. Support us on Patreon. We love you so much, and we can't <coughs> wait to show you the other amazing things that we have coming this spring. Next up, we have our main quest. 
which is the Final Fantasy VII demo impressions. Holden, this week, God shone down on earth and said, you shall be happy. And we said, prove it. And we downloaded it. And boy, was I happy. Were you happy? Oh, yeah. I played it twice. I was very happy. Oh, you game's so nice. You played it twice. Couscous. Yep. <laughs> they um, didn't have to release this demo at all. They, they really didn't mm-hmm. have to. People would have bought this game anyway, and they probably sold a lot more now because, holy shit, it's a really, really good demo. It is a phenomenal demo. It is, for anyone who doesn't know, it is the same demo that came out for people to play at E3 and that uh, uh, game outlets got to play and kind of write their previews on. Uh, It's that same first part of the game, like an hour or so of the game leading up to the Scorpion boss fight and escaping um, the power reactor. And uh, there's a little bit of replayability to it because you can play a couple different styles. You can try out the different combat modes, whether you go the new version of the combat that's a little bit more real-time or the classic mode that's a little bit of turn-based but mostly just kind of lets it play it for you until you decide to take control. Uh, but man, the the two things that stood out to me right off the bat, three things. One, everything is gorgeous. It is beautiful. I know you mentioned that you had seen some things differently. I'll let you talk about it in a second. But everything to yeah. me on my 4K OLED TV on my PS4 Pro was freaking gorgeous. And it's I've always wanted a Final Fantasy VII video game that looked like Advent Children, the movie. And mm-hmm. this finally is like that plus some more. So it's gorgeous. The combat is so fluid. Like, Final Fantasy 15 had some really like fluid, like everything just felt so seamless as you're going from enemy to enemy to enemy, and it feels even better in this. Uh, the different play styles, like having when you're fighting as Cloud, going between Operator and Punisher mode. Punisher is like the the heavier, but you move slower, and you have the opportunity to counter. But then Operator is like you're more flexible. You can hit more enemies at once, and you can dodge a lot more. Uh, like being able to test those out and just literally like leaping all over the map makes you feel like a freaking badass. And then the last thing that stands out to me so far is that the uh, the score. Final Fantasy VII has always had a really great score, but Absolutely. holy shit, the new re-recorded, like the new orchestrations of it and and that they've recorded for this, the live orchestra, is phenomenal. I was going through the whole thing and like, oh my god, I knew I loved this theme already, but I'm hearing new things in it that I haven't heard before. And the fact that it seamlessly like goes from the cutscene into the combat and it's like it goes so well. It's 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 wonderful. I have nothing but amazing things to say about this demo. Talk please. Yeah. Um I I the thing you mentioned about like the visuals not maybe being as good for me is like a nitpick. Like it's not really a major complaint because it largely looks fucking fantastic it was just like two moments one i can't really remember right now actually but one where you're looking at the big uh uh um is it make mac out mako i think it's mako everyone Mako-o. for decades was saying mako they changed and then they decided hey guess what you're all fucking wrong <laughs> our made-up word is mako uh, now so there was the big uh, mako tower the, the, the big steam stack basically and there's a like small nitpick. I'm like the lights and the the smoke coming out of it definitely don't look as good as what was in the trailer. Probably because they showed us the PS4 Pro footage in the trailer, and I'm playing on a PS4. But that was it. Like that was just it. That that just surprised me that there was that, and then everything else looked really fucking incredible. Every character model, 
is perfect looking. And not only are they perfect looking, they're the same character models that they use for cutscenes and for gameplay. So there's that fluid transition between a cutscene and the gameplay. Just like uh, we've already seen with the opening train sequence, Cloud jumps off and then he goes right from, to the behind uh, shoulder angle or behind his back angle into a combat sequence fighting against two Shinra guards. Awesome. Like that, like those seamless transitions were fantastic. Um, I think you kind of nailed pretty much everything else though. Like the combat super, super fluid. The, the score is probably what kept me playing it twice in a row. I really just wanted to hear the score again. Cause it's super, super epic. Uh, I, I literally, as soon as it ended, it says, Hey, which version do you want to buy? And normally <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, ah, I don't want to see that shit. And this I'm like, thank you. I was going to go in the store and have to go and search for it. And I don't have to do that anymore because I'm definitely going to be pre-ordering this right now. Yeah. And it's... There's a big splash screen. Not there. even like, thanks for playing the demo. It's like, which would you like to buy, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it probably came from QA testing where they did have like a thank you for playing and their feedback was, get that the fuck out of here. I just want to buy it right now. <laughs> QA testers are mean, man. Uh, yeah, I have like nothing... Su- like of nothing super negative to say anything i can say is a ne- is a nitpick on it it it's surprisingly perfect what was your play style and, how did like the combat how did you end up tackling most of it so the first time i did operator mode with cloud and mostly stuck with cloud and just let barrett do it's his thing and the second time i played it i used punisher almost exclusively because there aren't really a lot of opportunities where you're fighting multiple enemies that are close to each other where using operator would make sense and at first, I think uh, I can't remember if it was Brent um, had mentioned this or not, but we were talking about how like you, it feels like you move so much slower when you're a Punisher. But then you had brought I up, I think it was Asa, when, yeah, it was Asa, yeah. When you, when you jump, or when you jump, when you attack, you just jump towards your enemy anyway. Yeah, so and in really Punisher not, mode, it's like literally leaping towards them. Yeah, so it's you can just stick in Punisher mode and be totally good. So I, I just did that most of the time, but I was more strategic about switching back and forth between Barrett and Cloud, which does make a big difference, actually, in terms yeah. of getting enemies cleared out faster. Sounds like I I did very similar to what you did your second round, it looks like. I, I played with Cloud on Punisher mode just because I realized there was such a significant difference in damage that he did. It's like being three able times to the stagger. damage. It's, yeah. it's a lot, yeah. And I felt like he was staggering people more often with yep. that as well so that they didn't have an opportunity to attack me i i i never blocked outside of like the moment where they teach you how to block and i very rarely mm-hmm. dodge because when you dodge it takes you to operator class anyway um yeah but i did i did find myself constantly using abilities like the sword stab and like the braver leap yep um and the magic like the magic spells using fire and lightning from barrett like being like using all of those, I felt like I was using them a lot more than I actually would have in the turn base, like old version of it. And that's something that like old turn based JRPGs, I would always shy away from using magic a lot. I would have one like mage character who like I had fucking cranked out their MP all the way up, but I'd always been like, magic was a last resort or save it for really special, bad, and like really big enemies mm-hmm. because MP was so precious. But I felt that like I was gaining it back in the middle of the fight quickly enough and often enough, or I would break boxes yep. and it would return it, that I actually felt like it could be a good, useful tool to use in combat scenarios that I wouldn't have normally in the original game. So it would be like, oh, so-and-so's weak to lightning. I was like, cool, but I can only use lightning like three times for the rest of the next like two hours <laughs> until I get to a save point. 
Um, so yeah, it, I, I use magic a lot more than I would have in the original game. Um, and I did, I found myself switching back and forth all the time. I would take a lot of slashes with Cloud and then I would jump over to Barrett and I would have him um, do his like the big burst shot. I don't remember what it was called. And then like mm-hmm. pump up his gun again. Like, Overcharge, hit I think. Overcharge, yeah. 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 And you would have to charge it up like... Man, I just had I had a black. I can't wait to have three party characters in there. And then they announced <laughs> Red Thirteen will not be a playable character in this game, but he will be like a side, like a, a character that like assists you in battle too. So like managing all of those characters together, I feel like it's going to be so much fun. Um, yeah. On the and magic then I found note. out. Uh, sorry, last thing. I also found out through an IGN video that you can actually set shortcuts for certain things. So rather than having to like mm-hmm. pause the gameplay to tell Barrett to use lightning, I can actually just hold L1 and press triangle. And that means Barrett use lightning. Um, so I thought that was a really cool little addition that I can't wait to actually use in the real game. I'm not going to play the demo again because I know I'm going to immediately just like fly through this again whenever it comes out for real, <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm uh, yeah, super pumped on uh, the note of magic. I, on my first playthrough, use so many potions on the final boss I almost ran out and I didn't even realize Barrett had the cure uh, oh yeah Barrett had cure I you know I I saw that that. I didn't use it but his lightning did a ton of damage to that final boss like it was Mm -hmm. doing like 350 something damage versus like his regular bullets were doing like four and like Mm -hmm. cloud slashes were doing like 12 to 20 so like using magic is definitely like a big boon on those those boss battles yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. I good. have okay. So I kind of go back and forth. I couldn't remember if I played Final Fantasy VII or not. Playing this, I was reminded that I beat the Midgar portion or disc one on my PS Vita because they still actually have discs, like virtual versions. Right, it was of a discs. three disc game. Yeah, so I beat that portion of the game. And it, first of all, it feels identical. That's unsurprising. But you think you have a better uh, memory, I guess, of, of what Final Fantasy VII was like. Do you feel like this hit that balance of nostalgia and new for you? Or did it feel totally new? Or kind of where does it fall there for you? This felt like it... So the the maps are almost like identical, which is weird. And that it plays completely differently. But this is like when you're a kid and you imagine, oh man, playing this JRPG, wouldn't it be really cool if they made a really badass movie about this? This is that. Like this is the mm-hmm. thing that you dreamt that this could look like or when you were playing it with action figures in your room. Like this is what you were imagining. Uh, that it is the game, but it's just literally the max potential that it could possibly be as cool and as great looking and as smooth and as seamless as possible. Yeah. This is this is gonna be ha- it's gonna be hard to knock this out of game of the year for me. Like I'm not even out and starting my game of the year. <laughs> uh, it, it that first hour felt like the beginning hour of a game of the year game for sure. Mm-hmm. It hit a very very high caliber there. Uh, what was kind of cool to me and my memory of Final Fantasy's combat is pretty straightforward. I just remember the time counters like once you right. A progress bar, like a time progress bar. Once that fills up and there's been enough time has passed, then you can move. It's not necessarily turn based, like other they call RPGs. It like the active time battle. Yeah, active time battle. They brought that back in a really clever way, where that gauge that's building up uh, your active time battle meter is 
running all the time and that's what lets you cast a magic spell or use an item in in battle and i was kind of wondering like oh if you can always pause the game why couldn't you just use items non-stop that's how is they kind of prevent you by using that active time battle yeah i like that mechanic a this lot one, it it's, keeps it's you... not quite time it's if you take damage or if you give damage it just goes up basically it continuously goes up yeah so it is time-based since it will continuously go up even if you just stand sure? there and do nothing, yeah, it just continuously oh. goes up. Yeah, but I, it might. Um, the limit break is what um, is impacted when you get hit. Right. Yeah, which I had to use a lot because I got hit a lot, which is why I used. Cure I only had the opportunity the to use the clouds limit break once. I didn't even get to use Barrett's. I never got to use Barrett's because I mostly played as Cloud. I kind God, of his cross slash. Oh, so cool. <laughs> oh, I can't freaking wait, Holden. I can't freaking wait. I hope to God that like the secret characters that like you had to go and like if you played the game like normal, you might not ever get these party characters in your game. I hope they're still there and I hope they're still fucking badass and I hope they get all the cool things. I'm just so <laughs> pumped for whatever this game becomes over the next decade. Cause you know it's gonna be ten years before they finish this thing. <laughs> so that's what I was going to ask you. So I saw this Kotaku article. I can't remember written by who. I'm sorry about that. But it's from Kotaku. And they had mentioned that they don't feel that Square Enix is being clear enough that this is a multi-part game. Because they just labeled it as Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm -hmm. But it's really part one. We don't know how many parts. How do you feel about that? I, I, they don't know how many parts, so which, which is why they're not being clear on it. Uh, I think, I honestly think once they, like, they're they're going to start with the, like, it's going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then it's going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake 2. And, like, 10, 10, 2, mm -hmm. 13, 13, 2. Like, that's the route they're going to go with it until they figure out, okay, uh, we did four. Four is the end, I guess? Yeah, four. That's what I think we're going to see. But they didn't, they didn't. I also think that's how they're kind of developing the game is that they're they're fleshing it out so much more and making this grand world that they can tell more stories in and uh, do more character development, that kind of stuff. That they're, I honestly think they're looking at it as a, <clears throat> this is a complete game. The thing that we're getting right off the bat is a full game from start to finish that just happens to end where another game in that same world decades ago that was only like one disc of it. So, but I, but they're thinking about this as like a full game, and then thirteen or seven two will be another full experience from start to with a beginning, middle, and an end, and a resolution and all that kind of stuff. And it might it might even like feel like Avengers style thing where like there's shadow, there's hints of Sephiroth in the beginning, and then we see him maybe make an appearance or two, and then he's like the ultimate boss at the end of Avengers Endgame, aka Final Fantasy VII Remake Three. Like that might be the route that they're going with it as well. Part two question to this. Let's just say they do know how many parts it's going to be. As a gamer and as a fan, do you want to know how many parts? Or do you want to go into part two not knowing if that could be the last one or wondering where it's going to leave off? I don't care. If they want to make 20 stories in this universe, I don't care. If they want to make two, I don't care. I just care about what's coming next and a tentative release date for that. I don't want to be sitting here and be like, cool, part one's done. I don't know what part two looks like. I don't know whether it's going to be a year from now or five years from now or 12 years from now. I just want to have like a general release for the next thing that I can sink my teeth into. It's kind of like when you're playing 
uh, like The Walking Dead from Telltale. And you're like, oh my God, episode two was so good. Episode three could be out next week or in four months, and I have no clue. And by the time four <laughs> months rolls around, I don't have any attachment to the previous story. Like, mm-hmm. um, Which is why it's a good thing that I think they're going the route of making these contained full games in each one. So yeah, I don't care. As long as, I, as, long as they keep us in communication with what's coming next and a tentative schedule of when that'd be cool if if once you beat the game at the end of the credits it just says like 2022 like part two comes out like something like cloud will return cloud will return well that that we know for sure do we who knows is zach gonna be part of this game from final fantasy 7 crisis core he could he could legit have a role in this game reference yeah yeah that's his sword clouds carrying spoiler alert actually what are they going to incorporate from the all the other Final Fantasy VII projects? Right? Is there going to be like Advent Children content in there? Who knows? Is there going to be Dirge of Cerberus content in there? Yeah. God, I'm so fucking pumped. Oh, God. Do <laughs> uh, you have anything else to say about Final Fantasy VII? Um, beyond my excitement, no. Uh. Let's move on to Game on Game Show. Wait, before we move on to Game on Game Show, let's do subscriber interrogatives. Ryan's subscriber interrogatives. We got none. <gasps> Moving on to Game on Game Show. Just kidding. If you would like to, uh, uh, we appreciate participation. In fact, we're revamping this. Uh, like We're revamping Apple, Apple Idiots as a brand to be more about interacting with you guys and participation. Hence why you guys need to decide whether Mario's guilty or innocent every single week it's not gonna be mario every week but uh so we want every week so, it's gonna be mario mario related. <laughs> mario just... doing, he stepped on this turtle shell's back um <laughs> so uh send us a on twitter email send us a question you want us to answer whether it's our, hey what was your impression of the final fantasy demo are you excited about doom eternal coming out do you wish animal crossing featured more buttholes who knows whatever it is you want to ask uh and uh send that to us Let's move to Game on Game Show. The Game on our Gaming Show where we play a game called Game on our Game Show. And game, 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 game. This week, we've got a returning segment called Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. Now, I'd originally made this for last week. But last week, man, we, had, we ran long. We had a two-hour, <laughs> like 40-minute episode with uh, the wonderful, beautiful um, Stephen Dutzman from Engaged Family Gaming. So I was like, this... We we were all exhausted. It was like almost midnight where you guys were. I'm like, let's play a Would You Rather, and we'll save the high energy thing for next time. So we've got Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Mark. It's a game show in four rounds. And if you win, you get an extra special prize. <gasps> Yay. Here's how it works, Holden. The first round, you have 30 seconds to answer a question and provide enough answers of whatever the question is that I that I ask. Are you ready, Holden? Yes. For Quiz Me Margaret, Quiz Me Captain, it's me, Margaret, round number one. 30 seconds starts now. Name four sword-wielding game characters. Link. One. Then you have um, Marth from Fire Emblem. Two. Um, This is harder than it should be. Why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? Um, Sekiro, a wolf from Sekiro, okay, and the three. hunter from Bloodborne. He has a sword as well. Hunter from Bloodborne. That's 20 seconds and 52 milliseconds that took you. That's too long. We just it's talked it was about Cloud. Long. We just talked about Cloud and Zack and the Buster Sword. <laughs> yeah, how did I miss that? that the, yeah. <laughs> all right, you got all four in 30 seconds. Congratulations. You are moving on to round two. 
In round two, we change up the rules just a bit. You have 60 seconds this time, and you have three questions. Oh, no, he's laughing. I wrote these these last week, so I forgot what questions I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) 60 seconds to fulfill three similar questions to what I just asked you. Are you ready, Holden? Yeah. Yes. 60 seconds for Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. Starts now. Name five Sony Worldwide Studios. Okay, Santa Monica, Insomniac, two, um, Bend, three, um, Polyphony Digital, four, and Media Molecule, five. Name two Xbox Game Studios. Coalition and Ninja One. Theory. Two. What are twelve human names that also work well for dogs? <laughs> Max. One. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> twelve. Max. Uh, Max John. You give me dog John. John Fuck great you. name. Yeah, great name for Chad. John. <laughs> Kelly. Chad. Yep. Kelly Amy. Four. Amy. Uh-huh. 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 Holden could be a dog's name. Holden is number six. Yep. Absolutely. Matt. Matt. Alex. Yes. Alex. Yep. Timothy. Uh, Timothy Bob. is a great name. Bob. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll count. That'll count. Okay. Two more. Two more. And two then more. Ten seconds. Joseph and Joseph? Alexander. Alex oh, and Alexander are different a- names. Uh, give me another one. Give me another one. Doesn't count. Martha. Martha. That works. 59 <laughs> seconds. Martha. <laughs> How do you know that name? <laughs> oh, that was a close one. Yes, those are all great dog names. <laughs> They're all terrible <laughs> dog names. <laughs> Who names her dog Martha? Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe Martha Stewart. She's she's a narcissist. I'm sure. <laughs> round three. You're moving on successfully to round three. Of Quiz Me, Captain, it's me, Margaret. In this round, you have one question, one duty, one obligation to complete in 20 seconds. Are you ready, Holden, for this task? As ready as I'll ever be. You have 20 seconds for Quiz Me, Captain, it's me, Margaret, starting now. Convince me that Martin Lawrence would make a good Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movie. (laughs) All right, I think a big part of... Nathan Drake's character is kind of like a humor and like a wittiness. Okay. And yep. Martin Martin Lawrence could definitely bring that humor and wittiness Five seconds. to to Nathan uh, Drake's role. But he's also done action movies. He was in Bad Boys, which is a comedy action. Time's movie. up. Time's up. There you, you nailed go. it. You nailed it. Comedy action. That's it. Uncharted. <laughs> Congratulations, Martin Lawrence would make a great Nathan Drake. My first thought was, would he though? I've never seen him in a movie before. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mama's house. Never seen it. Oh, me neither. Bad boys, never seen it. Neither have I. I watched a lot of Martin when I was a kid, though, on TV. That was his sitcom that he had. Would Will Smith would be Sully? What? Would Will Smith be Sully? If they're doing bad boys, that's like their buddy cop thing. (laughs) Bringing Will Smith as Sully and Martin Lawrence Weirdly enough, my mind went to the movie Sully with Tom Hanks. (laughs) Where he lands the plane. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, no, that would not be the case. He would make a terrible one, unless you want to convince me next time. <laughs> Final round of Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. You almost have the grand prize. You have 30 seconds. I'm going to give you 10 pairs of things, and you have to choose the correct thing from the pair. This is my favorite one. All right, let's do this. You need four correct answers in 30 seconds. Are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> Final round. Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. 30 seconds. Four correct answers starts yes. right now. 
Diddy Kong or Dixie Kong? Dixie Kong. Absolutely. She's the best. Sackboy or Dreams Imp? Sackboy. How can you pass up that cuteness? Am I right? Absolutely. Too right. Arcade or home console? Home console. Fuck yeah. Everyone wanted the arcade in their home. That's why they exist. Animal Crossing or a colonoscopy? A colonoscopy because this is for your choice. <laughs> yeah. Funny farts. There you go. Is Pepsi okay? Yes or no? I mean, you're not comparing it to Coke, so yes. Oh, absolutely not, you freak. I asked you five <laughs> questions in 30 seconds, and you got four of them right. Pepsi is not okay. Pepsi is never okay. If they don't have Pepsi, if they don't have Coke, you burn it down. <laughs> you light a match, you hold it under the tablecloth, and you that burn it That would include down. Taco Bell. You wouldn't burn down a Taco Bell. Uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Get my food, burn it down. No, I... I 30 seconds, they'd build up a new cardboard box with garbage in it, and I'd eat it anyway. (laughs) Oh, man. Great job. You won. You won all four rounds. You know what your extra special prize is? You get to check me for tonsillitis. Look at my mouth. (laughs) Ooh. Looks really good. You look healthy. You look really healthy. Do I have white pustules on my my tonsils? It was so dark that I I can't say for- Hold on. Look again. Do I have you, like, missed for half of it. You were just showing your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a beautiful tongue. It oh, really if good. you guys are watching us on YouTube.com slash whatever the fuck the link is, because we don't have Respawn Aim Fire yet, because we don't have 100 subscribers, then you can also see the extra special prize of my tonsils. <laughs> uh, if you are interested in also seeing video versions live, again, Sunday nights, 8 p.m.-ish Eastern Time, uh, we are streaming this live on Affable Idiots Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Affable Idiots. That is it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for our show today. God, this went so well, I think, for our first video one. Happy Mario Day. Absolutely. Happy Mario Day. Wear your Mario shit. <clears throat> uh, and then uh, vote and tell us whether or not he should go to jail. He uh, shouldn't. <laughs> he shouldn't go Maybe to jail. he should. Maybe he should. Maybe you shouldn't. It's up to you, the no, jury. He shouldn't. Uh, a couple of things before we leave. One, go and subscribe to all of our YouTube channels. Two, uh, those are in the those are in the video description below and the podcast description below. Two, uh, leave us a review. W- remember, words of affirmation are our love language, and God, you want to make us wet. Three, go to Patreon.com/slash/respawnaimfire. Support us at one dollar above, and you can get all sorts of goodies like playing along with us each week. Uh, you can determine what we play each month for Barf, which this month is Bioshock Infinite, including Burial at Sea DLC. Uh, the poll for April will be up in the next like two weeks. And uh, then you also get dope wallpapers for your devices. If you want to reach out for subscriber interrogatives, do that on Twitter at RespawnAimFire uh, or email us at respondingfire at gmail.com. We will be more active on our Instagram, and we will have a Facebook page again and maybe be using both of those again shortly. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Wahoo!